Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 2, Episode 14, and today, all three of us are here, which is very exciting, to talk about Bridgerton Season 2, and I can tell you this is probably going to be a spicy episode because we have a variety of opinions on the show, so yeah, enjoy. Hi! Izzy, Liana, you're both here together. It's so exciting. I can't believe you let us back in the same uh, thing together. <laughs> I know. Your brother was like, absolutely this like not. A, <laughs> like never the twain shall meet. No, I this is like a universe breaking uh, paradox thing that's not supposed to happen because it's then fine. it'll be the it's end of fine. the world. I think it's great. So Bridgerton. I know we have a variety of feelings, so we can go around and share. Uh, also, Izzy, I know you just watched both seasons back to back for the first time. Yep. Sure. And yeah. maybe tell everybody, have you read any of the books? What did you see? And general thoughts. So I avoided episode or episode season one <laughs> because of the whole sexual assault thing and the way in which people were acting about it and like trying to deny it happening and I'm like mm -hmm. yeah. no it, it's literally in the book because I read the books in 2018 so I remember <laughs> I haven't read all of them but I remember nothing okay uh, I remember I remember reading that scene in 2018 and being stunned because no one anywhere that I had read a review had mentioned it and I remember like prepping everyone I know who were reading I think I did it to you Bethany even like, yeah well anyone I know I was like listen you need to know this is in here because you're not expecting it. It's a historical romance. But I I enjoyed I enjoyed season one for the most part. And I enjoyed season two for the most part. I have quibbles with both. I also just like, can we just have a consistent episode length, please? And thank you. <laughs> My ADHD can't handle it. I'm like, what is this over? Why is this episode Netflix not done, minutes? Netflix just does that because they don't have ads. So bonkers. I'm like, I need to know when I'm done so I can like know I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> before i like wander away mid-episode which happens oh sometimes gosh. i'm not gonna lie <laughs> all right so middle of the road like yeah. some things didn't like others liana um i mean are we talking about both seasons uh like, is that the yeah, we can kind of we're, we're gonna focus more on season two but we can talk season one a little bit as well well like Everyone is surprised that I watched Bridgerton and I kind of accidentally started watching Bridgerton because like when season one came out, I was at my parents' house because it was around Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. When season one yeah. came out. And my mom and I were going to like, you know, do the hour of searching all of the internet for what to watch. But we went to Netflix and like, you know how Netflix starts already playing a preview of, as soon as yeah. like your cursor mm -hmm. hits it. So, I mean, she and I watch a lot of like Masterpiece Theater and Regency type things. So like it started playing a bit of that. I was like, what's this? She was like, oh, I think I heard about it. I think this just came on to Netflix. And it like played a bit. And I was like, this looks like a thing we'd watch. Like, let's give that a go. And then like Reggae Jean Page entered the frame and we were like, we are watching this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we watched like five episodes the first night. And, uh, you know, it got a lot spicier than I knew it would be. Uh, but, you know, we were we were already watching it. <laughs> You're so, yeah. Yeah. So season two came around and I heard that Reggae Jean Page would not be in it. And I was like, I mean, do we care about watching it? <laughs> that but like my mom was like, yeah, let's, let's watch it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, like let's watch it. So my mom and I watched almost all of it together. But then it was Oscar night. So she had to rush home to watch the Oscars and I finished it by myself. <laughs> um, and I uh, 
maintain that season one was better and not just because of Rickish on Page, although largely because of Rickish on Page. <laughs> but I will you, say, like, I you've not read the books, right? No, not at all. And I was going to say, like, I, I originally thought that, like, seeing Antony, the brother, as, like, the romantic lead, having seen him in the first season, I was like, not only is he not reggae, he's also just, like, he's very extremely not reggae. <laughs> he's like, I'm zero interested in this. So I do think he was actually a lot better as a romantic lead than I expected or mm-hmm. even dared hope. Um, so, like, he actually, I was like, okay, like, that was actually fine. Like, you're you're okay as a romantic lead. That was, mm-hmm. that was fine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how I would feel about him as a romantic lead after, even though I'd read the book, like, I'd read book two, I was still, like, I don't know how I feel about this after as <laughs> a romantic lead. Well, they yeah. got rid of the mutton shop, so he got instantly sexier. <laughs> True. True. I still cannot tell the boys apart, though. I will. I really. Will, I'm a little bit better on season two, but like all of season one, I was like, I don't know who any of you Bridgerton boys are. <laughs> Colin so is the dumb one, and Benedict is the one we like. That's how yeah, I tell Benedict them apart. Benedict is like the gay angsty one. Like, yeah, I know he's not actually or gay, but he bi- gives curious me very like or something. By yeah. curious energy, yes, yeah. very much. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Benedict and Eloise are the the reason that I'm still watching because the two of them I enjoy both separately and together. So that's how I tell the other brothers apart. Like, you are not Benedict, is what you are. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I was like, okay, I got you. Like by the end of this season, I was like, all right, we're good. So I think I'm definitely generally the biggest fan of season two. I have read so i had read book one before i watched season one i kind of knew what was coming and i liked it most reggae john page was a big part of that and i have read the i've read the first five books in the series and have had issues with all of them honestly i loved season two i liked it better than the book (laughs) like i just don't have a problem with the choices that they, I like the choices they made for the show, but I understand that that is a controversial take. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and unpack it because I know we have a variety of opinions. But yeah, I really loved season two. I will say I did actually like everybody had me so nervous about the changes that I was like, these are fine, they make sense. We're doing diverse casting. We shouldn't necessarily like keep mm-hmm. some of the things that happen. Like maybe just just a little bit. Well, also it. I just think it's kind of a not that it's it's not that interesting of a book. Like I didn't find book two to be that exciting anyway. And I think they kept the good parts. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember liking it more dramatic. than book one when I read it mm-hmm. in 2018. So that's about all I, I mean, remember it about it though. Yeah. But I don't feel like they're well, I mean, very I haven't, books. I haven't read any of the books, but after I watched this season, I looked up, you know, what is, like, so I haven't read it. I don't know, like, narratively how it comes across, but, like, what yeah. plot beats happen in the book as compared to mm-hmm. the plot beats in the show. So, like, I know, they, like, the Cliff Nose version of the differences. And when you say that it's boring, like, I can see why that would be uninteresting, Mm-hmm. It, it's just not bonkers and so like the idea that you'd want to change it or spice it up just the that like that we are changing it sure but the mm-hmm. changes that they made are bananas <laughs> so like, i'm not on board with those changes <laughs> i don't mind it i was expecting high drama though too because like season two feels much more like a shondaland show to me than season one did because they stayed a lot closer to the book for season one Mm -hmm. her shows tend to be very high drama wild twists type things 
time out. Yeah. You are coming in and out for me internet wise. Like I can barely hear half of your words. We lost her. Have you watched Shondaland shows before? Like have you seen Scandal? Mm -mm. So it's interesting because Leanna hasn't either. I want to talk about this because I like I know that'll be a good point. My entire problem hinges on that. I care about everyone but the main couple. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. I okay, like I mean, okay, I enjoyed Daphne and Simon in season one. Don't I guess get me we wrong. could talk about this. I know Leanna's not on here, but I could just include this. Like we, we just, could, we we just include it. it's fine. Because it is recording. <laughs> we lost Leanna, but hopefully she'll be back. Yeah, no, I like the the angst and the longing. It feels more like Jane Austen-ish, that level of like slow burn longing glances i just know that makes sense for it. no and yeah. i i like that like i love i love the jane austen miniseries with uh colin firth and i like the movie mm-hmm. like i actually like both jane austen movie or um not pride and prejudice movies you know what i'm saying yeah i like both of them for different reasons mm-hmm. and i do feel like both of the seasons have called to that if that makes sense but i don't feel like it's just interesting and it's weird. Yeah. I know I'm I know I'm weird that I actually like generally I'm like I care more about the whole family dynamics and all the other stuff happening than I do about the main couple. I mean, I think that's fine. I love the family dynamics. I think in the books that's my favorite thing that keeps Same. me reading them even when I have issues with the couples sometimes. <laughs> the lack of good consent in every book. Okay. Oh, Liana. Oh. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Better. So we were chatting a little bit while you were off, which I'm just going to include it in the episode. So one thing that I was asking Izzy that I know I've asked you before is whether either of you have ever seen any other Shondaland shows like Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, um, no, I have not. Well, I did watch like a couple episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. I think I've seen like snippets of How to Get Away with Murder. Okay, but not significantly i haven't actually seen how to get away with murder but have watched scandal but the thing is is like i i do wonder a bit because i was sort of expecting that at some point the show would get more dramatic with this level of twists and interpersonal Mm -hmm. things that happen because that's kind of what her shows are like and i don't mind that but i do wonder a little bit like i just wonder how much that sets expectations if you you know, aren't familiar with that kind of approach to it. I could see that affecting it for sure. And definitely like not having experience with her shows before and how they generally work. Mm -hmm. Being a little put off by season two. Mm. I mean, I I watch a lot of quote unquote bad television that I have a great capacity for shows being ridiculous or being uh, over the top or having uh, extreme twists and bizarre things happening. They just mm-hmm. have to still, like, it, in their own universe, in their own logic of things, which I, I just accept that this is a strange universe, a more dramatic universe. And even mm-hmm. then, like, it has to, within within itself, sell me and make sense to me. Okay, so maybe let's talk about this. Like, what were, I'm because I, I do want to hear, like, what were things that you guys didn't like about it? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I mean... I liked nothing about it pretty much after it diverged massively from the book. It massively diverges in the like beasting in the garden moment. Like that mm-hmm. point onward, it's like a different story. 
like, you could have taken it in a different direction from the book. Like, that's fine. Um, it's not like I'm a purist. I didn't even read it. But, like, there's just so many things about how the characters behave that makes it so hard for me to sympathize with really any of them, but in particular, the sisters. The way that they behave after that, you don't, it doesn't, they don't have to get married after a beasting. It's not like I needed that to happen halfway through the show. But, like, First of all, the fact that the sister, the younger sister, does love him in this version of things, whereas in the book, I understand that she doesn't. Like, there's, like, a courtship, but, like, she's not mm-hmm. actually falling for him. So, yeah. like, there's none of that. And the way that, like, that all shakes out in, this, in the show, I was, like, six episodes. Yeah. yeah. Six I was freaking episodes leading this poor girl on? I have big yeah. issues. And I mean, I have issues with both of them at that point, the sister and, I mean, at least I have less, slightly less issues with Anthony because he was still going to go through with this because he, in his mind, was like, this is the best logical choice for me to marry this girl. It always has been. It still mm-hmm. is. This is what I'm choosing because I think it's practical. So he's not leading her on in that sense. Like he's leading her on, I guess, because she thinks he loves her or, and she, he's like, well, I don't hate you. Like, I mean, I love you in a way, like it's passionate, but like he cares for her. He likes her. And he's like, I think I can build a life with you. And he's like being quite open about what he wants and how he's going to do it. And the sister in the first place, how much she hates him when she just learns that he wants to have a practical marriage. She acts like she found out he murdered somebody. I was like, take it down a notch. You can be, I don't like you. You can be like, I don't like you for my sister. But she, it's like so extreme, the hatred. And I'm like, Lizzie Bennett had good reason to hate Mr. Darcy. And none of that was actually true. But like what she thought she knew about Mr. Darcy, that's a good reason to hate him. But what what Kate thinks she knows about Antony is like is a reason to be like, I I kinda don't like you. I don't like your attitude. But like she acts like he's a horrible human being. And I'm like, that is too much. It's not cute, bantery, hate to love. Like, that's too much. <laughs> See, I just disagree. <laughs> like, I don't think it's on, I'm very well, the the thing of her not liking him for those reasons is very much part of the book and I think to me it makes a lot of sense because she knows her sister wants a love match and so she wants that for her but I think it's heightened by the fact that she is in denial about the fact that she's got chemistry with him and Mm -hmm. so I think that's her like defense mechanism is lashing out that way I don't take it as actual hate but she can't see that like it takes so long for her to be able to be self-aware enough to recognize it and you know I think both of them really believe they're doing the best thing for their families so to me both of them were very similar characters in a lot of ways and both of them all the way leading up to the wedding were doing what they thought was right and best and trying to protect their family while denying what they truly wanted was it a great choice no was it very melodramatic for television purposes where it's like at the altar which obviously in real life would be just ridiculous yeah but like the for me at least like the bones of it works as a story I mean, I don't think it doesn't work to an extent but I just like I struggled with the fact that it was six episodes of dragging poor Edwina along <laughs> through misery. And I, like that's that's what bothered me the most, I think. I was just like, if this was done in episode four, I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. 
But then what, what do you do? Like, that's the whole tension. I mean, honestly, like, I think what do you do in six episodes cut out? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of what I feel like though. Is like, if we would have cut two-ish episodes, we could have gotten through all the plot without torturing poor Edwina. Like, it just made me mad. I'm not mad about the bee scene. I really don't care that he didn't suck the venom out of her boob. Like, it's <laughs> fine. But I just was like, this poor girl. Yeah. But also, also the-, the fact that it did get that far is what lets her finally also find her own voice and figure out what she wants and stand up for it. So I actually really liked, I mean, yeah, it's painful to watch, but also like, I really liked what it did for her character arc. But the way she figures out that the two of them have the hots for each other, it was also absurd. They glanced at each other slightly longer when they're already at the altar. And she's like, upon this concrete proof, I know that you are in love with each other and I must now flee from the altar in front of the queen. Like, at least, like, if she had seen some kind of, like, I don't know, like, if there had been a contrived MacGuffin-like thing established in an earlier episode where there's, like, a piece of jewelry or, like, a letter or something that she could see, realize that, like, this is actual proof that there's something between them. Or you could look at that and be like, I know what this means. But, like, they're just, like, look at each other slightly longer and she's like, I cannot! And, it's like, not just away. That they, But it's not just that they look at each other longer. It's that he goes to help her when she drops her bracelet. He's literally getting married to her and his gut reaction when she dr- is to, like, be so focused in on when she drops that bracelet, jump and reach for it. I don't like, know. How, I, I, how do you not notice their chemistry? Everyone else noticed their chemistry. Well, she was in denial because she was into him. But so then why did she notice it now i mean i don't know the logic on that either but i don't care i loved it i just it was just like too long yeah and again like season one with like what they were going for you know where you were saying oh they're very similar characters and they're trying to do what's right and they're wrong about it whatever she is a lot crueler and more inconsistent. He's like, I want to marry this girl. It's the right thing to do for my family, for my position. I don't want love because that causes pain. I know what I'm doing. Kind of have the hots for her, but I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm marrying her. The sister is like, I'm into him. I hate him. I want her to get a love match. And he seems into her and she seems into him. But I'm going to stand in the way of that. But then I'm also going to be mad if he's not going to propose to her because that upsets my sister, even though I've done everything in my power to try to get him to not propose to her and chase him away. And then Lady Danbury, she she also asks Kate, she's like, what are you doing? Why are you purposely trying to ruin this for your sister? Are you trying to ruin this for your sister? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, thank you. Thank you. What are you doing? Like, either tell your sister, she, this is why you shouldn't be with him. She conflicted. Or- Stop messing around. She feels conflicted about it. Like she's torn between what she wants and what she believes is her duty. That's like the whole thing. And he is too. You know, he's having these moments where he like almost kisses her and then pulls himself back at the last moment. Like they're doing the same shit. Like both of them are doing the same thing. I I don't know. I I just. Well, I'm just they are kind of doing the same. Like I, I see both sides of this. I really, I, I really feel like the middle. I just like, what's up? I'm in the middle. I love Lady Danbury and continue oh, to yeah. adore her. Me too. And Miss Bridgerton mm-hmm. or Lady Bridgerton, whatever her yeah. name is. Mom. The mom. Just yeah. their whole relationship with just the best. The absolute best. I love it. Well, and I also love that it's a show that has great roles for older women because mm-hmm. I feel like that's not a thing we see a lot of. And that's a lot of fun. Agreed. And I, yeah. and I love Eloise. Eloise yeah, I love Eloise too. She Eloise is great. Is great. I really hope she gets a different arc than what she gets in her book. 
I was so disappointed like to learn that they invented Prince Shop Guy for the show, which means he can't be Endgame because they just made him up for the season. And I was like, but well, I like Prince Shop Guy. <laughs> yeah, I like him too. But like, mm. also, I think Eloise is kind of queer coded. It would be cool to see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do with her. But I. Well, they're, they're changing some, which I do appreciate they that are. they're like. I have the hot take that, like, everything adapted from a book doesn't have to match the book. And, like, sometimes it's better to, like, play with it and make it different for formats. Because, like, reading a book and a TV, it's two different things. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It shouldn't always be a direct translation. Yeah. Well, and I – so have you you read – Izzy, did you read book five? That's Eloise's book. I don't think so. I think I stopped after book two or three. It was my least favorite of all of them no one by far i know i don't think most people i know didn't like yeah i stopped after book two because i was just like "Eh, i'm good yeah it's not great so okay so here's the thing in the book she's a spinster and then Mm -hmm. strikes up a like a a correspondence with sir philip who is the guy Mm -hmm. who's currently married to marina okay and in the book he had married a woman named marina who had mental health problems and died by suicide when Mm -hmm. their twins were very pretty young and then eloise ends up striking up a correspondence with him he proposes to her and so she goes to see if it'll work out and they end up together but he's kind of awful and more interested in his flowers and plants than in her and like isn't mm-hmm. actually i was like she deserves so much better and so i, mean, I kind of don't in the yeah show. well that's the thing is we saw him in the show so that's i'm wondering i'm like are they going to do the same thing like i really hope they do something different for eloise's character because i just think she deserves so much better than that like print shop guy and marina deserves better too (laughs) yeah it's just like it's and it's weird because like they also said they might not follow the book order and Mm -hmm. i did feel like this season was weirdly setting us up for penelope and colin i think next season yeah instead of uh benedict benedict right is that right Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) they're all i know they're all alphabet names but the b one you know (laughs) the one the b one yeah i'll call them ben so it's fine (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's weird. We're going to, like, and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of open to this. Kind of yeah. open to it. Yeah, I thought I would read all the books, and then I gave up after two. I was like, there's, I just have too many too many issues. There's consent issues in almost all of them, so that's fun. Yeah. I wish I was surprised, but I'm not. The first book really just set the tone on that for me. I yeah. was like, I'm going to notice consent. I mean, the first constantly. one is, wor- is worse than the other ones, mm-hmm. but none of the Bridgerton siblings are great about consent, so. It's a family trait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm glad they're not doing that in the show, though. They're, I mean, they had it in season one, but I'm glad they haven't continued on with it. Wait, so what's the consent thing issue in the book for this one, for Anthony's story? uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I read that one. Hold on, let me go look up Bethany's review. (laughs) See if she says it. (laughs) I, I might have said something it, at some point I think at some point he like pressures her into having a physical relationship and sort of acts like oh I can tell that you want this because of how you're responding even though you're saying no it was that kind of a deal if I remember correctly once they're married Anthony gets pushy with Kate in the bedroom and the consent in that first scene is a bit fuzzy at times yeah that's what you say so yeah yeah there I think there were moments where she was like not saying she oh. necessarily wanted things. And I think I complained. Kind of... I think I complained this about this to you already, Bethany. But the the very very end of the show, 
when they're sucking each other's faces off in front of the family trying to play pell-mell. I was like, can you not? Like, that is so Oh my god, I had the same problem. (laughs) I was like, ew. I was like, in front of your little siblings? Like, please, please stop. Especially when Anthony is, like, such a father figure for Gregory and Hyson. Like, come on. No. Behave yourself. I don't know. I didn't like that. Didn't bother me. But again, I think I, I think I, but I think I told you this, Liana. Part of it is because I think when my husband and I first got married, we had we we did a lot of PDA. Well, I would have told you to knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) We eventually did because it got like became less of a a novelty, I guess. But uh... it's because you were freed from. From the bonds of staying pure, <laughs> you're like, like, I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Former evangelical problems, you know. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part bugs me too. At the end, I just it just took so long to see them together, and like I wanted a little more of them together, which is what we got in season one. Yeah, I mean, we'll get them together in season three, though. Will we though? I Will think we, so. Though? I think they're both signed on. Like the only, I think the only reason we didn't get the first couple is Reg- Reggae John Page didn't want to sign on for season two, which I get. Also, like it is. I mean, it's a romance. Like in mm-hmm. romance books, we don't often get to see the if it's following a family, the couple that much in book yeah. two from book one. Yeah, you'll see like snippets usually. I mean, yeah. of the two of them, I think it would have it was more important to see Daphne than Simon. Like, if you had to choose yeah. one of them not coming back, like Daphne is part of the family. Yeah. Well, but also right. Francesca's just gone this whole season. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's no Francesca. Wait. Who? Oh, you're right. The F name child. <laughs> yeah, gone. no, you're right. I hadn't even like thought about that. Mm-hmm. She's like basically not in I it. I saw somebody commenting on it, and it cracked me up. I was like, oh my god, you're right. She's not in. <laughs> They just, oh. just forgot a whole child. She's got so many. They're very hard to wrangle. That's true. <laughs> oh, no. So I do want to talk to you about Penelope. People are nasty about her, I feel like. About and, the Lady Whistledown stuff or about something else? Uh, like about her and also towards the actress, which makes me nervous for when I'm she gets surprised. Yeah. I love her and that ma- her it makes too. me mad. I know. Well, and I'm also happy to hear, apparently, because one thing I was nervous about in Penel- in the books, the thing that makes Colin finally notice Penelope is she loses a bunch of weight, which mm. sort of sucks. And so I was like, I really hope they don't go that direction for the show. And somebody had said that the showrunners confirmed that she will not be losing weight for the show. So oh, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that instead it's like a fashion makeover that she starts being able to spend her lady whistle Let's down money and like flowers. Get, some, get some like nicer dresses, you know, like not neon colored. I mean, that would be that would be good. It's plastic flowers for me. <laughs> <laughs> Doing her no favors. No. Oh, there was a that was I loved that moment when is it Edwina that compliments Penelope's dress and she's like asks her if she has a sense of humor. <laughs> because yeah. she's like no I like it she's like okay sure <laughs> I mean it would look beautiful on Edwina I feel like compared to Penelope drowning in neon oh my gosh well and Nicola like the actress is beautiful so I, I feel like her. if they would put her yeah she's great so I really hope they do that that she gets a glow a fashion glow up and that's what I makes mean, like Colin that, take notice of her that's those sisters and the mom very much give like Cinderella's stepsister, stepmom, they do. dresses, vibes. <laughs> they do. 
Yeah. They do. 100%. And that, well, the third cover is like a, isn't it like a slipper on it or something? I think the old version. Yeah. Well, because I was like, that would be perfect for Penelope's book. It's like a Cinderella thing. So Benedict's book is a Cinderella retelling. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because like I said, I stopped. (laughs) I was just like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I thought people like, if you haven't watched Dairy Girls, by the way, I highly recommend it because Nicole is in yeah, that. I and she's I need hilarious to watch that. in it. But yeah, I think it's interesting seeing how people react to some of it. And I texted my friend who'd read all the books and I was like, Who's is who is Lady Whistledown the same in the books or no? And she's like, No. And I was like, Okay, cool. Well, she's the same character. No, it's not the same person in the books that writes them. Yeah, it is. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's that's like a whole big part of the conflict with her and Colin is that he finds out that she's Lady Whistledown and is like, I don't know if I can trust you. I thought it was a different character for some reason. Aren't they going to have to change a lot moving forward because there's like Eloise and her don't have this like just like finding out and being angry. That doesn't happen. Um, I mean, they well, no, they kind of. So it's different in the book, but but it's not this early. No, it's not this early. I've heard some people say that they're wondering if they're going to combine Penelope and Eloise's seasons into one because at the begin, basically because Eloise's book begins with her running off to the country right before Penelope and Colin get married. She misses their wedding because she's upset (laughs) that her best friend is getting married and she's alone. What a terrible friendship move. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not great i mean it's not great no that i told you it's my least favorite of the books um, i also just like i mean i don't know what she's like in the books as compared to the show but i just feel like eloise from the show would never do that would never be no. like you're getting married before me on sad runs to the co-. like eloise would be well, like reading a book during was, the ceremony so, <laughs> so in the books it's not that she's getting married before her at this point eloise is like a confirmed spinster she's like 30 or something mm-hmm. and she wants to be unmarried and thinks penelope is gonna be with her unmarried into their older years so that's that feels very is. eloise though because like i feel like she doesn't and I don't mean this in a bad way. This is just something that happens with people sometimes, right? Like, she doesn't always mm-hmm. think about what her friends want. She just assumes they all want the same thing she wants. Sometimes. That's true. <laughs> I still love her. It's not like a too. full critique. It's just one of the things that I've, I've noticed. I feel like that she yeah. just kind of no regard for what anyone else thinks. She's like, no, you're absolutely doing this with me. What do you mean you're not doing this with me? Yeah. I do kind of love for her, though, this thing of getting involved with political radicals and maybe having a forbidden well, romance. Well, it was definitely... To, it was giving Sybil from Downton Abbey, like, yeah, you know, when she, yes. yeah. and then she even it falls was. in love with a radical, so like, print shop guy. I was like, like mm-hmm. the chauffeur. I yes. had high hopes for this, yeah. I kind of hope they do take her character arc in a different direction and do some of that with her because I just think it would be a lot more interesting. But I yeah. love Penelope and I just really want her to have a great season and people not be super fat phobic about her as an actress because that sucks. Well, yeah. But also like within the show, I can't help but decide with Eloise when she's pissed about learning that she's Lady Whistledown and the ways that that has affected people that they know and is like, you're the villain. How do you sleep at night? How did you do that to people that we know and care about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I like I think in the books it's less severe. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like Lady Yeah, I Whistled- don't feel like the first two books Lady Whistledown stuff was that as cruel as it is. It was in the show. yeah. 
they've definitely stepped it up. Which, like, in the show. show, then, to redeem that character and make her still sympathetic when Lady Whistledown mm-hmm. has been doing some pretty effed up things. You're going to have to do a lot to win his back on that, though. Because I'm with Eloise. That's yeah. kind of unforgivable. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would go so far as to say unforgivable because I also, I don't know, like, I guess I, like, have a lot of empathy for Penelope because she's just in such a crappy situation. But the way she outed Thomasina? Miss Thompson. I always want to call her Thomasina. Oh. Miss Thompson. I just make it Thompson into a girl name. and Marina. <laughs> Marina. <laughs> Marina. She outed Marina. Like, that's, that's, yeah. I'm sorry, that's fucked up. <laughs> no, that wasn't great. No, yeah. But yeah. I also think, like, it's that whole thing, too, where she's... And you just wonder, what is she squirreling the money away for? And for stuff, too. And is she trying to, like, get out of the... I mean, I think she wants to have freedom. Yeah, to get out. Her family. Like, I kind of can sympathize with that part of it. Yeah. But I think, I it's, think it's more the power. Didn't... I mean, she likes the money, yeah. but you see, like, she enjoys the power of being... Yeah. Like, so. I thought it was funny when yeah. Eloise was like, wait a minute, because of what she was saying, like, to her when they were at the ball... Mm-hmm. And I was like, have you never, like, she, they've done this in other seasons as well. Penelope's sitting there, like, making commentary about people at the balls. I yeah. feel like that happened in season one, too. But she finally put it together. Yeah. Like, so Eloise had, Eloise had an Edwina Sharma moment where she suddenly makes a connection that she really should have made many, many episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't made the connection because I just wasn't thinking about them revealing Lady Whistledown already, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, obviously, I made the connection very quickly when we saw her at the print shop, yeah. but I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. They show a lot of that teenage friendship angst and, like, yes. coming of age. Yes. yes. If that makes sense. I agree. Which you I mean, I think you make mistakes. You do. You have fights and you do things that you shouldn't do and you have to try to make up for it or hope that people forgive you. I mean, I, I guess that's the thing is it's like, yeah, are they making bad choices? Sure. But it just doesn't bother me because I think that's very but I human. mean, their choices, their choices that she's making aren't just limited to like interpersonal reactions. This is mm-hmm. like with the queen is involved. You're yeah. outing your friends and family to the ton at large and ruining people's lives that's not I mean, just like i was angsty teenager and said some messed up things can you forgive me but liana have you seen gossip girl i mean I okay no i'm just saying it's giving me like toned down regency gossip girl because it's the same thing gossip girl the whole point is people outing people for stuff because they want to get back at people or they want social clout or they're they're pushing back on bullies or they just want attention or whatever and it does hurt people and they have to deal with it but i guess that's the thing is like to me this feels like a toned down regency version of gossip girl the stuff that's happening with it i just but like because the stakes are so much higher here because like women can't own property women can't inherit money and they literally have to like get a good marriage or they're fucked for life so like people those are the go stakes. To, but okay but people go to prison in gossip girl the stakes are not low <laughs> i'm just saying like the stakes are high in that too people are committing felonies and like go to print like it's not <laughs> you know <laughs> i just i guess i just think i i've seen this kind of thing in shows before and i do mm-hmm. find it compelling because i think people you know i mean it's over dramatized for tv but i also think that there is something to it like i guess i I, like i feel for penelope too because like how many people who were bullied as teenagers and ignored 
part of them would like to be able to hurt the people who hurt them. She's you know? not just hurting the people that hurt her. She's hurting. But that's why Eloise gets mad. She's like, right. you wrote about your own family. You wrote about my family. You wrote about people that you call friends. But her family hurt her too. You know? The Bridgertons. Oh, the Bridgertons. Yeah. No, but I mean, the only really bad thing with the Bridgertons that she wrote about was Eloise. And she thought she was doing the right thing to save her. I mean, she didn't. It ended up being worse, I think. But... I think her intentions were. I mean, she. I mean, she wrote about Daphne, and she wrote about Simon, and she wrote about. Uh, well, she Anthony had to write about everybody, or people would guess maybe yeah. who she is. And but I don't. Think she, but to... like, she didn't write dramatically bad stuff. I think she was meaner to her mom's outfit choices than yeah. anybody else to an extent. Now, well, what she did to Eloise obviously was terrible. I'm not yeah. saying that's not. Yeah. But I do think in some ways she was meaner to other people <laughs> than she was to. The Bridgerton family. I'm not saying she was like, the most cruel to the Bridgerton, but just the like the idea that oh, well, she's getting back at people who've hurt her. But like, it's not just people who hurt her. If it's a yeah, well, yeah. All, uh, I mean, it was worse to people who hurt her. But it was like some of it was covering her tracks, right? Because she doesn't want to be discovered, so she has to write about everybody. I would just extent. like to also point out that you're defending this behavior, but you have a problem with Jade City because there's doing you know morally great things because they're like in a gang and you're like no it's because they're it's, people it's, well, why are you rooting for it's not because they're in a gang it's because they were protecting a pedophile that's the only reason you didn't like hilo i just didn't like him it wasn't like a moral thing i just didn't i just liked him you know okay that was interesting I found. I need irritating. to read Jade City still. So now I'm like, hmm. Will I also follow the middle? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I just think. I mean, I think that it's compelling what Penelope is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more than I'm trying how you make that redeemable. Like I find it great reading about characters that do bad things. So that's interesting. And yeah. I don't. It's not like I don't get why this happened. But if mm-hmm. you're gonna write a story where you're supposed to explain it away as like, but it's actually fine that she's doing this. No, it's not fine that she's doing this. It's interesting no. that she's doing this. It is not fine that she's doing this. Well, and I, that's the thing is, I don't think it's fine everything she's doing, but also I don't need that for her to find love. In some ways, I sort of like the thing of somebody loving her, knowing all of that, regardless you know, I see that you are a flawed person and I still love and accept you no matter what. You know, I like that as a love story. Just being a flawed person. And there's, I mean, if you said that Colin's thing is that he's like, how can I trust you? I'd be like, exactly. Like that would be the thing in a relationship where I'd be like, okay, I might love you, but yeah. I can't trust you. <laughs> how yeah. could I ever trust you? I guess we'll see next season, maybe. <laughs> so any final thoughts on season two of Bridgerton before we move on I hated it (laughs) and I loved it there you go I thought it was fine (laughs) literally it was fine and and I mean I think you see this reflected in the the general consensus around it is is people are really split like there are people who hated it yeah I feel like the weirdo who's like it was fine (laughs) like there are things I liked there are things I hated I I see a lot of people loving it or hating it for various reasons. Yeah. And I, I can see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if we 
came to any conclusions, but hopefully, listeners, this was an interesting conversation. We're going to move into On My Radar, where we're going to share recent or upcoming book releases and sci-fi fantasy and romance we're excited about. Books for today's episode will be released primarily between April 19th and May 2nd, 2022, or roundabouts there. But first, if you enjoy the podcast, we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners. And if you are interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons, including our world-expanding patrons, Trina and Sarah. You all make what we do possible. So thank you for your support. And uh, I have, I just have three books today. So I don't know who else has anything they want to share. I have some. Okay. Okay, so my first one is coming out April 19th, Spear by Nicola Griffith. And Liana, actually, I think you might like this. It's a – no, suggest that I might like it, I know. I know. But Wait, I thought she didn't like anything. <laughs> Occasionally she likes things. I, I kind of – I suspect she Like Jade City. <laughs> yeah, she does like Jade City. I suspect you might like this. So it's a novella. That is a Arthurian retelling, but I think you would actually like this one. <laughs> but it is gender flipped and queer, and it's from the perspective of a young woman who I think is supposed to be, a, I can't remember which one it is, but she's supposed to be a stand-in for one of the knights, and she ends up traveling dressed as a man. And this was already done. It's called Guinevere Deception. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Guinevere Deception's not even very good. Um, this is really good. The writing's really beautiful. It is like it's really lyrical and I think better researched. Like she's actually done a lot of research into like the historical parts of it as well as the literary things that have been done been done before. But the main character, you know, goes and fights and wins ladies' hearts and gets involved in magical things. It's great. Sounds fun. Yeah. I have one that is what day is out? April 19th. It's called Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. And this follows Reggie. She answers a job application and thinks it's for like a card game. But it's actually to be an apprentice to a witch. Like real magic. And I like other things I have read by Jessica Clare, so I'm excited to see this. She hasn't published under this pen name in a long time. I'm not going to say what her other pen name is. Oh, Mara did on our last episode. (laughs) Oh, did she? Okay. Well, we suspect she's Ruby Dixon. Um, Never confirmed. So I just, you know, one of those. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just really excited. It just sounds kind of fun and quirky. It's actually one of those like fun illustrated covers. They have facial details. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what this one is like. And I am a sucker for witches, so. Awesome. April 26th, we have Kaikei, Kaikei, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, something like that, by Vaishnavi Patel. This was actually a book of the month club pick this this month, It's a but it's a yeah, fantasy novel. That. Yeah, I did too. I've heard good things. It's a retelling of like Hindu mythology, I believe. It says a stunning debut from a powerful new voice. Kaikai is a tale of fate, family, courage, and heartbreak of an extraordinary woman determined to leave her mark in a world where gods and men dictate the shape of things to come. So there's been a lot of buzz around this one. I'm definitely interested in reading it. Interesting. Yeah. My last one that I have is Tanked by Mia Hopkins. It's out April 26th. If you have not read the Eastside Brewery series and you like romance with 
not normal hero types. So our first hero has just gotten out of jail, was involved in some gang activity. These are set in LA. He's living out of a garage with a girl that lives with her grandma and her daughter. The kid is in the book like the perfect amount in the first book, but the third book we've been waiting for years for, and we're getting the final one of the third of the Rosa brothers. And it's just really good. They're really fun. They're really angsty. This one is about a fighter and this other girl, this girl who just had her heart broken. She's like, not sure if she can trust him. I'm very, very excited. I've been waiting for freaking ever for this book. I love it. I'm realizing all three of my books this week are mythology retellings in some way. So the last one, April, yeah, the last one, April 26th is Electra by Jennifer Saint. This is a Greek mythology retelling featuring Clytemnestra, Cassandra, and Electra. Where the house of Atreus is cursed, a bloodline tainted by a generational cycle of violence and vengeance. And this is the story of three women, their fates inextricably tied to the curse and the fickle nature of men and gods. So this is from the author of Ariadne that came out last year. I really liked that. So I'm excited to try this one as well. Yeah, all of those will be linked in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on YouTube. And this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We are all of your hosts this week, which is very exciting. Izzy, Bethany, and Liana. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can also find all of us on our individual YouTube channels, which will be linked in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on YouTube. The next episode will be available in two weeks. I will be back with Liana and possibly a guest to talk about the first book in the Sun Eater series by Christopher Riocchio, Empire of Silence, which is a, uh, a sci-fi space opera. So that should be fun. Stay tuned for that. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.